0: To A Wildcat Insider, Mitch Fortner with the voice of the Cats, Wyatt Thompson. Our number is 785 537 1350. Feel free to give us a call if you want to talk Cats here for this next hour. Uh, coming up here in about 20, we'll hear from Deuce Vaughn, who spoke to the media. He had a uh, c- kind of sort of called out the haters and the doubters, uh, uh, but uh, talked about the win against the Oklahoma Sooners on Saturday, and that's kind of where we're going in this direction, of course. They kick off our number two Wildcat Insider because uh, Adrian Martinez in the offense was night and day different than what they were able to do against Tulane. Talk about a combined three of 20 on third and fourth down, scoring 10 points against the Green Wave at home. Seven days later, you're playing at number six, Oklahoma. Seems kind of like a tough place to have a rebound, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. Uh well, they rebounded and dunked the <laughs> dunked the ball after that rebound. Uh because K-State with what were they at over 500, 509 509 yards. yards of offense, 275 was on the ground. Now Adrian Martinez had I looked up the numbers, he had his sixth best in his career, his sixth best all-purpose yards game. So, combining the rushing yards with the passing yards, think about that for a moment. His sixth best. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, I mean, he had an amazing game, and it's still just sixth. And I, I, I will. I think like three of them. Three of them were actually like in his first year at Nebraska yeah, when he, had he was a, a freshman. Great freshman year. Yeah, I mean great, he was great. well. He was thrown all over the yard. Yeah, yeah. He he had his best was his best passing year his freshman year. I believe
1: that's accurate. Yeah, I'd have to double check that to to be a hundred percent certain. But uh, that is how I recall it off the top of my head. Yeah.
0: And the 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 sequence that we'll never forget when you combine the third and sixteen run at the own forty one for fifty five yards and then rushing in his fourth touchdown. Taking that bow. I got to think we're going to see that bow for a long time. You think? That's going to be an image that's just kind of seared into our minds now. It's been <laughs> branded into highlight reels for a long time, at least for the rest of the season for sure, uh, because uh, he deserved to take that bow. He really did, because he accounted for all the touchdowns, because he, he had a throwing touchdown to Malik Knowles. Yeah. Well, imagine for a second
1: having lost that game to Tulane 17-10 to 10, and all of that disappointment and yet in the next meeting being told by your head coach and your offensive coordinator Buddy, we believe in you. Yeah. Uh, I just wonder if, at all
0: how much effect that had on his mindset had to be po- or had to be honest with him. Yeah, but positive at the same time.
1: Yeah, that's that's perfectly said, because I mean, you heard Chris Kleiman, the first thing he said in his presser after talking to us on the network was he's got to cut it loose. We know it's there. And I'm paraphrasing, but he did use the term cut it loose. Well, he <laughs> he, he cut it loose pretty well in Norman Saturday night in front of almost 85,000, and was really, really good and couldn't feel better for him. Um, man, what a game, what a week.
0: I, so at home games, my spotters keep track of how many good for a Wildcat first downs there are mm-hmm. during a game, um, and I, I, I've been setting over-unders just to kind of have fun with it, use it for Powercat game day, <laughs> use it for the game, um, and I... It, They've been actually below average compared to last year. Sure. And, um, like, the game against Tulane, there were 14. But there, there were so many drives where it started out well and just next three plays after a first down, couldn't do anything. Well, K-State had a 28 first downs against Oklahoma. 28. And just three of them were by penalty. I, that is an insane number. Yeah, it is. I mean, you're doubling up what you had last week.
1: <laughs> well, they did so many things well. We, we talked briefly last hour about the the fact that it was a motivated team, certainly. But with the motivation and the game plan, you still have to go out and execute. And, and everybody knows the numbers on the third down deficiencies and the fourth down deficiencies against uh, Tulane a week ago and then what they did the other night. And and again, I, I, there are so many great individual performances. But had you said to me going into Saturday night's broadcast that K State was going to run for two hundred and seventy-five yards? Wow! I mean, who wouldn't have signed up for that? Yeah. Against that defense that everybody down there was excited about, that had been pretty dominant they've been playing so aggressively you mentioned earlier in the show all of the tackles for loss and, and just how dominant they'd been really, now again none of those teams were in the vicinity of, of Kansas State, I, I get that but it was a confident, fast, strong moving, moving defense and all of a sudden out of the gate, boom boom, it's 14 nothing, Kansas State and wow
0: Take that start on the road against anybody, wouldn't you? Well, I want to share some stats with you. And I'm, I, I, I'll i be honest with you, I stole most of them from Cole Manbeck, okay. who is a huge stats guy, way more. I'm more of an eye test fella. Like, if I was on the committee, I'm going a lot of eye test. Sure. Because I think you, uh, you can't know a team unless you watch them. Well, so just throwing the football. Adrian, we knew. I mean, he was criticized greatly after that two-lane game with all the checkdowns. Sure. And of the 41 completions he had had, 35 of them were for 10 yards or less. That
1: is that is true numbers. That's that's fact.
0: He he had just yeah. two passes of 20 plus of 20 plus. Yeah, going uh, into Oklahoma. Yeah, going into yeah. Oklahoma. Now yeah. this isn't uh, this isn't just pass plays, but this is just the offense as a whole. Because I'll give you the comparison. Because the offense for K State ran seven plays that went for 20 or more yards against Oklahoma. They had seven total in the previous three games. How about this one? Adrian Martinez had nine passes in the game that went for 10 yards or more, eight of them for 15 yards or more, and then five for 20. So going back to what I said earlier, just two total in the first three games, well, he had five for over 20 yards. And he was able to find Ben Sennett wide open. I loved getting Ben Sennett really getting – because they used the tight end against South Dakota – I don't remember really seeing much against Missouri or Tulane. Right. And now you're using Ben Sennett. There was also a touchdown pass attempt to Sammy Wheeler, which I'll be honest with you, Adrian did miss. Malik, or did miss Villa Brooks wide open. Did miss him. But uh, they they still got points out of it. K-State's offense had 17 plays that went for over 10 yards. 17 plays that's a lot. for over 10 yards. No, that's pretty good And that's good. pass... <laughs> And 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 we're not talking. They had 24 in the three games combined, not including uh, garbage time. So shout out to Cole Manback for those for those uh, for those uh, numbers there. But it's also we need to remember this is a Brent Venables defense, and what K State was able to do on the ground against a Brent Venables defense is something that hasn't been seen in eight years by running the football for 275 yards. The most since Georgia against Clemson in, in 2014. Whew. Yeah, that's
1: that's <laughs> K State averaged 5.6 yards per carry and 6.1 yards per play against that defense. Now Oklahoma had their moments too. They they are pretty solid offensively in their own right. They actually had more yards than K State, um, and in their they had 73 total plays, and they were at 7.5 per play. Now they did have the two. One was a 50 and one, I think, 56 yards on the pass plays. And it's, it's tough giving those up, certainly. Uh, one of those was with Echo Boido out of the game, I might, mm-hmm. might mention. But, but it, it did happen. Um, but, again, just the, the numbers are – what K-State did offensively, those numbers are quite impressive from my perspective.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And l- l- let me give you some uh, Oklahoma numbers here. Because I mentioned earlier, if, this, if, if you had simulated like 10 games just based off previous numbers that season for both teams, like Oklahoma's probably winning, I would say, maybe 8 out of 10, something like that, maybe even more, 9 out of 10. But like, because Oklahoma entered that game in tackles for loss, first in the country. Tackles for loss yardage, first in the country. Sack yardage, second. Sacks total, fourth. In the country. I mean, they were just wreaking havoc on offensive lines and making plays in the backfield. And they were held to numbers well below average. Well below average. They had a total of four tackles for loss in that game, and they were averaging ten and a half. They didn't have a single sack in the game, which also, shout out to the offensive line, who has not allowed a sack in three games. (laughs) And that's been all against all the FBS opponents. Yeah, they allowed four in that first game against South Dakota,
1: mm-hmm.
0: zero in the last three games. Well,
1: they're really well coached. I think they're getting better as a group. Um, the run blocking has been very, very good for the most part all season long. And um, when you look at uh, you know how the other night went, I, I think that. You feel great about the victory, obviously, and and getting the one back you lost with Tulane, right? But but moving forward, um, if this group can stay healthy, with that Adrian Martinez, with Deuce Vaughn, all of those other guys that are helping, that offensive line is a big factor. They Mm -hmm. did not, by their own admission, they did not play very well against Tulane. Lots of missed assignments, just close, but I mean, I, I had a coach tell me that we basically had three, three plays where should have scored a touchdown, got nothing. That was not the case at Oklahoma, obviously.
0: Well, and let's make this comparison yeah. as well. Against Tulane, the defense was forcing turnovers. Yep. K-State a number of times had pretty solid field possession right around midfield and couldn't do anything with it. Six of seven of K-State's scoring drives were 69 yards or more. There were a lot of times they were starting at the twenty the 25-yard line, maybe even the 30-yard line. They had to put multiple drives together, and they weren't scoring in just a couple of plays. I mean, they had some big plays, but they had a lot of third downs they had to convert. They converted eight against Oklahoma. It, it wasn't like it was big play after big play, and it also wasn't like the defense was forcing turnovers. They didn't. It was a clean game for offenses of not turning over the football. Oklahoma didn't turn over. And K-State didn't turn it over either. Uh, I, I guess on the defensive side of things, they're not going to get as much credit for this win. And also, I don't think they got enough credit for the game against Tulane because K-State lost the game. And the negatives are going to outweigh the positives. But they had a very positive game against Tulane. They did give up a bunch of yards against Oklahoma. I, I just figured it out, by the way. Here's, here's K-State's plays in their touchdown
1: drives from Saturday night. Okay. 12, 7, 11, 10,
0: 11, 8 <laughs> and 7. 7 for uh, 7 in the red zone. That's pretty good work. Counting that up. Yep. <laughs> that's pretty good work. That that's, that's including
1: the four field goals. double digit play drives and then the others were 7-7 seven,
0: seven, and 8. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, uh, K State had one trip to the red zone against Tulane. K State against Oklahoma was 7 for 7 in the red zone. Now, defensively, um, I would mentioned this in the, in the first hour about how I thought the offense, even though, it you know, of course, wasn't a perfect game. Some guys made mistakes, but everybody, I think, at one point redeemed themselves in a way, like came back the next play, made a nice block or something um, or made a nice catch. You know, Cade Warner, you know, wasn't ha- exactly having a, a, the best game, but, you know, he had a nice catch on the sideline and then he, uh, you know, on the hands team. Got made, the that, play. Got, made the play on the onside kick. That was a huge play. Defensively, I kind of felt the same way, that even though some mistakes were made, they, the, the secondary was getting burnt, everybody in their own way was able to redeem themselves. Um, I am concerned about tackling. Oklahoma is very skilled. In space, Marvin Mims was a great example of that. I think Theo Weese. I mean, he, he Farouk too. Those three yeah, guys yeah, are pretty, pretty darn good. Yeah. Um, so yes, some of the tackling I was was a bit concerning to me. Um, and it, it, breaking those tackles, Oklahoma was able to get some big plays off. Um, I don't think if if tackling is greatly corrected, I don't think it will be greatly corrected. But if there's more focus on that, like wrapping up better, just kind of those fundamental type of things about tackling, they're going to have a better day against a team like Texas Tech because Texas Tech is going to throw the football. We know that. And K-State has been actually really good this season, if you compare all the games, at trying to protect or trying to defend against the pass. Statistically, they're one of the best in the conference. That's
1: right. That's absolutely true, um, and and yeah, I, the the tackling was not perfect necessarily, but I, I guess what I would say is is I I do appreciate having to tackle some of those cats in space, <laughs> and you, you sit here and you look. Normally, you want you know linebackers, you know, making most of the tackles, but in this particular case, you've got Kobe Savage, who's a safety with eleven. Austin Moore, linebacker with nine. But then the next three guys after that, Julius Brents, nine. Josh Hayes, eight. Drake Cheatham, five. All of those guys are secondary guys. And I guess we'll remind everybody at this particular point, Oklahoma threw the ball 39 times. So, and they're fast. It, it's all, it, the pace of the game that Oklahoma plays offensively is hard to defend. Mm-hmm. it just is. They
0: score quickly.
1: They do. They have
0: all season so and far. And they
1: got a lot of yards. They scored 34 points. They did a lot of really good things. There's no doubt about that. But what I think I appreciate about K-State is how just the effort and how many people it took, <laughs> you know, at times, you know, I mean, they played a ton of guys because it was so warm and humid and so on and so forth. They competed. It wasn't perfect, but they fought their They've fought crazy
0: hard. Well, Josh Hayes, Kobe Savage are a great example yeah. of – they both whiffed on tackles at one point. It was just a couple of plays later. They're, sure. they're up there making some big tackles. Austin Moore is another one who whiffed on a tackle, and then he comes up with a sack, or a half sack, I guess. He shared mm-hmm. it with Jalen Pickle, I believe. But uh, And I will say this, just to be honest, in a game like that, sometimes you also need to be a little bit lucky, and Oklahoma would would shoot themselves in the foot a few times when they're getting close to scoring and they're thinking about going for it on a fourth down, penalty. False start, that delayed game, which K-State is super smart about when they're, Oklahoma's trying to sub late. Coach Klein or Coach Kleiman recognizes what's going on. Oh, hey, let's get the sub in. Yeah. But take your time. Take and your they, time because that's totally allowed. Exactly.
1: And, and <laughs> I'm still laughing about Stufflebean and the pace in which he was leaving the field. I thought he was a little too fast. He wasn't exactly walking, uh, and it was, let's just call it, let's just for fun say it was kind of a slow loaf. <laughs> a brisk jog. <laughs> but, but you know what? It was, per- for the most part, it was perfectly done. It well, slowed them down. And you know what? When Oklahoma subs, you have the opera, and the officials got this part right, you have the right... Uh, to to sub to match and that's what caused all of that Stan was really he was really good on that the other night in the broadcast because I mean and, and pointing out Stuffelbean and a couple of other guys that were you know kind of getting <laughs> a little bit slow to the mm-hmm. sideline but it was it was it was like they coached it. Oh yeah, and, and maybe they did coach it. I don't know though. Oh, they did. Coach but it was it was perfectly. Because perfect. Kleiman mentioned yeah. it afterwards. Yeah, yeah, they
0: they work on that. They coach yeah. that. Yeah. I, 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 when you brought that up about Stuffle being, you know, I thought about it. <laughs> I think the official allowed the play then to they could snap the ball with like five seconds left on the play clock. So there's just enough time where maybe Brent Venables looked up and said, "Okay, we have time. We can snap this football. We're good." Well. I don't think Dylan Gabriel noticed that he there was only three seconds left, puts a man in motion, and doesn't snap the ball in time, and the officials caught it. So Here's the other st- – I mean, you can make what you want
1: sometimes about numbers, but the fact that Oklahoma was just 4 of 13 on third down also said a lot about K-State's work.
0: Yeah, that's what, 30% Yeah, on third down. K-State was almost 50-50 on third down. Yeah, it, it was
1: a – there were so many good quality things that happened. And, and for the record, K-State was 8 of 17 on third down. Yeah. That's, that's pretty pretty solid against that bunch, too.
0: No, K-State certainly proved a lot of folks wrong. And uh, old Deuce Vaughn, he knew. If anybody knew on that team, they proved some folks wrong. It was Deuce Vaughn. And I loved what he had to say after the game about the win against the Oklahoma Sooners. And we'll hear from hashtag my boy Deuce Vaughn up next. We continue on with Wildcat Insider, Mitch Fortner with the voice of the Cats, Wyatt Thompson, Travion Berkeley on the board today. So, Big 12 in week number four actually started on Thursday in a non-conference game where uh, West Virginia, I didn't r- realize Virginia Tech was not very good. It's not like I watched Virginia Tech hookie football, but West Virginia put on an impressive showing where they just really dominated this matchup against uh, Virginia Tech with Jalen Daniels throwing for over two hundred. hundo.
1: It's really an interesting thing when you look at the first couple of games, West Virginia losing, of course, to Pitt in a really good game in Pittsburgh, and then the home loss to Kansas. Say what you want, but they allowed 70-ish points in those two, and they've been Mm -hmm. pretty darn good in rebounding since then. Now, Towson was one, and Virginia Tech on the road was two. So I I think my point is, is there is improvement there. I think they've got themselves a pretty good quarterback in the Daniels kid who was at Georgia. He threw for 203 yards and a touchdown in this game. And they've also got a really good-looking freshman running back. Um, so, yeah, that, that's an impressive win for them, whether most people paid attention to it or not. Um, I, I think they feel pretty good about uh, being 2-2 two and two after
0: 0-2 start. Now, Deuce Vaughn is leading the uh, the conference in rushing, but you know, B. John Robinson has scored the most touchdowns mm-hmm. in the running game. But Texas Tech stuns number twenty-two Oklahoma or number twenty-two Texas in Lubbock, thirty-seven to thirty-four. It took overtime to get it done. But Bijan Robinson fumbles the last offensive snap of the game for Texas to uh, set up Texas Tech in the bottom half of the overtime to win it. It's been a very interesting couple of days since
1: that game for Bijan, from what I've been reading on social media. Yeah, but that's only like his third fumble in like four hundred plus carries. Uh, so it was, but it was significant. You can't take it away. Here's the thing that I would point to every bit as much as the fumble. Texas led it in that ball game at one point, thirty-one to seventeen,
0: and let it get away. I'm looking to see what Donovan Smith did because I I, I know he had a big game. He threw wait. fifty-eight passes. Yeah, he went well. He had back-to-back games though with a pick-six, didn't he? I think that's right. Okay. don't have that information right in front of me, but. He's
1: an interesting talent. He's, he's started three straight games since Tyler Shuck got injured. He's thrown 50-plus in two of those three, uh, but also a run threat. And he's got some guys around him. Um, he's, I mean, he's 6'5 and 230 pounds. He, he's a good-looking athlete.
0: So it appears that right now Texas Tech, like so far this season, doesn't have like a strong running game.
1: Well, let's put it this way. They've thrown for roughly 1,400 yards in their first four games and rushed for less than 500. So they're a mm-hmm. little bit
0: – not a little bit – a lot more pass yeah. than run. Yeah, you're right. 38 of 56 was Donovan Smith for 331 and, uh, and two touchdowns. So Roderick Thompson, who's their leading rusher, he did have 70 yards. That's on 17 carries. Yeah, for... I'm not saying they don't yeah. have good
1: backs but because both, 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 my the, bad. Uh, both of those kids, Taj Brooks and Sir Roderick Thompson – it seems like they've been around a long time. Yeah. Here's the truth. They both are pretty good runners, mm-hmm. and they both are yeah. really fine pass catchers. And if, if you look at their stuff, I mean, I can even look at at my study chart here and tell you that Sir Roderick Thompson has 38 rushes and 8 receptions, Taj Brooks 39 rushes and 15 catches. So that's pretty good.
0: I think I'd said earlier that B. John Robinson fumbled twice in the game. He just fumbled the, the one time. Maybe I just heard it wrong on the uh... – the broadcast I wasn't able to watch the whole game but yeah Bijan John Robinson with a crucial fumble in that game uh let's see um number 17 Baylor wins in Ames over Iowa State 31-24 that was one as well I think Baylor was just in control for pretty much the whole game even though uh I mean Iowa State was starting to make it interesting they were staying within two scores but mostly just one score but uh you know Baylor was looking for that first big win on the road after not winning in in uh, at BYU, and they were able to get it done against Iowa State to uh, get to three and one. Both teams are now three and one.
1: Yeah, Blake Shapen, who did not play very well in Provo in this game, went 19 of 26 for 238 yards and three touchdowns. So he was solid, and they also ran the ball pretty well too. So I think they had 120 ish yards in in the ball game rushing. So. Pretty good performance, and they they're good at the line of scrimmage. They're going to be in this league race. Baylor is,
0: you know, don't sleep on TCU. I suppose, even though they're a big to start, SMU fights their way back, but the Horned Frogs win forty two thirty four to get to three and zero. Uh, and old Tanner Mordecai, I, I'm a big fan of his. He didn't have he had he had a pretty big day, but uh, Miller running the football for TCU is it Kendry Miller? Am I Kendrick, saying that right? Kendry, yeah, that's right. Uh-huh. And, uh, Almost a buck fifty. Yeah, in that game, he yeah he had a pretty solid day.
1: Yeah, they lost a really big time player in the offseason in the transfer portal, and Kendra's kind of taken over that top spot. Max Duggan, their quarterback's kind of been a, a guy. I mean, he everybody knows how tough he is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I think he's really kind of won the job partly through injury. Uh, to Chandler Morris, but boy, he's been good. And they they had a pretty significant lead in this game, and then SMU kind of cut into it. Imagine that. SMU's coach over the last few years goes to TCU, and in what, his fourth game or third or fourth game has to go back to the old stomping grounds across from Fort Worth to Dallas and playing that game. Wouldn't that have been tough? Weird. Yeah. (laughs) A
0: little awkward, maybe. Uh, Way awkward. Uh, And then finally, Kansas beats Duke. Sold out. The booth was sold out. 35-27 that final. Jalen Daniels is is really good. Just four incompletions on the day through for four touchdowns. It also was a leading rusher in the game.
1: 83 rushing yards, so he's been rock solid. There's no doubt about that.
0: Well, our two a Wildcat Insider will feature Deuce Vaughn. He spoke with the media. We'll get his thoughts after the game on Saturday against Oklahoma at 525. K-State offensively had a big turnaround from the game against Tulane to Oklahoma. Got some statistics to back that up. We'll also preview a little bit further the Texas Tech Red Raiders and what the Big 12 has to offer in week number five. Of the college football season. Hour to the game, or of Wildcat Insider, is up next. Right now, your local news.
1: Sooner showing blitz, will they indeed? Come, back to throw is Martinez, third and 16. He'll take off and run the ball. He's at the midfield stripe to the 40, to the 35, to the 31st down, 20, 15, 10. Out of bounds inside the 10-yard line. Adrian Martinez,
2: unbelievable.
1: That's the guy K-State signed up for. That's what they saw this summer and in fall practice. A dangerous, super fast...
0: Oh, there we go. And that was uh, you, White, and also Stan Lever on the call of uh, Adrian Martinez at 55-yard run on third and 16. I love what Stan added
1: at the end there because yeah. he nailed it. I mean, that's exactly right. And uh, I, I said to you off air before the show started today, there were two plays that I will always remember from, from this particular game. After K-State saw Oklahoma come back and tie it at 14-all, the 58-yard kick return by Malik Knowles and that third that keep in mind now that was third and 16 and that was as loud as the place had been all night going into the play from my perspective I mean it was crazy it was a one one score game
0: and that one uh if it wasn't the dagger it was close man some of those runs by 9am against OU reminded me of a certain <laughs> uh, quarterback 10 years ago in Norman picking mm-hmm. up some key Third downs didn't have a run like that, like a 55 yarder to help K-State go back up two scores, but uh, it it did kind of feel like Colin Klein was calling the plays, didn't it? Oh, yeah, there's no doubt
1: about that. And and you, I, I just in seeing him after the game too. I mean, it was just such a thrilling thing to see the euphoria of of bouncing back like that, performing like that. Uh, just suffice it to say, it was a pretty happy bus ride and a pretty happy flight back. <laughs>
0: Well, I got to say, because Adrian Martinez was such a ball hog on Saturday, he kind of stole some thunder from hashtag my boy Deuce Fun. Now, as I say that, Deuce, believe it or not, actually carried the ball more yes. than Adrian Martinez did. He had four more rushes than 9 a.m. And Deuce finished with a buck 16 and uh, a.m. had 148 with four touchdowns. But Deuce didn't score. He didn't score. I,
1: I will say this about Deuce, though, and I mean this sincerely in the twenty seven ish games he's played as a Wildcat, I don't know that he ran any harder than he did the other night. I mean there were three or four runs that he had where he's popping people and he's getting you know, he's got two or three guys and he's still
0: moving forward. his effort was off the charts. Agree? Oh absolutely. I mean there yeah. was there there were two or three plays that still stick out to my mind where yeah. he had to make two moves. Oh yeah. To be able to pick up significant yardage plus five yards, yeah. five or ten. I'm talking about with contact, yeah. during contact. There, there was another play where
1: he, he gets a little bit of a crease and a linebacker, I believe it might have been, comes up and the guy had zero chance. I mean, it was foot in the ground and gone by him. Uh, and and he's so difficult in those, as we all know, But but that's what I'm saying. The other night... There were some creases that he got, but a lot of his 116 was that not only a little bit of extra effort, but three and four times extra effort. I mean, he, he really laid it out there in my mind.
0: Well, Deuce Vaughn did speak to the media after the game, and I'm going to play that for you here right now. Deuce Vaughn with the media after beating Oklahoma 41-34.
2: Can you talk about just the, the offensive effort from all you guys, the way that Adrian played, and just every weapon on this offense, just taking such a huge step from last week, never doubting yourselves after mm-hmm. what happened and, and coming out today with the win? Uh, first and foremost, uh, just to address the, all the doubters that we had going into this game, uh, I feel like a lot of people wrote us off as an offense, wrote off Adrian as a as a quarterback. But that was one of the things that we knew uh, what he could do. We knew we could do as an offense, and we stuck to our guns. We did everything we could throughout the week to prepare for this, to come and and work and play like this. And it was one of those things. where it's kind of like a, this is the type of offense that we know we are. And man, we're looking forward to getting better every single week. When you get when Adrian scored yeah. that first touchdown, you were right next to him. You, you turned to the crowd. You said, "You know, we can come to play tonight." Yeah. You know, and you did. You know, you, you backed that up. How does that feel? And, and how important was it to make the statement early to allow lot of you guys to flourish the rest of the game? Really good. Just coming into the game, I feel like we were overlooked by everybody in a sense. After coming off a, a disappointing loss to Tulane, uh, after not the way that we felt that we could play as an offense. It's one of those things where it's like we came to play tonight. It's one of those things, this is the offense that we are. It's the that we knew we have been for a while now, and we're getting a showcase, and we got to do that all night. You played in a lot of good games in your career here at K-State. Where does this one rank amongst the other ones? Number two behind the 2020 win. Uh, the 2021 just being down 21, uh, I believe, in the fourth quarter and winning that game, that's going to be number one. It's going to be hard to, to unseat that one. What, uh, what impressed you most about Adrian today? Just the way that he played in every single facet of the football game. Uh, he was a playmaker, uh, he was a, a general, one of the people that, I mean, every time I looked over to him, there was a sense of calmness, but he understood that we're gonna we're going move this ball down the football field. And the way that he made us feel as an offense was like, okay, this guy's he's playing his balls off right now, so we were behind him the entire game. And uh, to see him put up a performance like that after what everybody was saying about him, oh um, man, I, I, played, I played my heart out for him today.
0: On that second-to-last touchdown, uh, it seemed like Oklahoma's entire defense followed you. looked like you got tackled on that play. How would you guys sell that fake so well?
2: Uh, It was just one of those things where I tried to go through uh, as hard as possible, act like you got the football, act like you have the football, and that's one of the things that we preach is get tackled. Uh, whenever we go through play face and things like that is get tackled. So uh, to do my job and open up things like that, that's big time. I don't know if you could see Adrian on that final touchdown, but he took the bow of the crowd there, looking at <laughs> the stands. Just your thoughts on that and how good that felt. All the doubters, that's for y'all. It's one of those things where it felt like he was written off too early. And to come out here and play like that, to put a bow, a touchdown, a bow on that type of game that he had today, just a stepping block. Adrian gave a lot of credit to you guys, the rest of his teammates,
0: for not Giving up for him, for continuing to believe, in him going into this week. What, what was kind of your mindset after Tulane, as far as kind of kind of gathering around him, making sure that, that he stays propped up? I'm
2: going to keep going back to the doubters and the naysayers and everybody that wrote us off as an offense and wrote Adrian Martinez off as a quarterback from this offense. So one of those things that before we went out into that football field, uh, we said it's going to be 70 of us and support staff and everybody on the sideline against 85,000. 70 of us believing that we're going to win this game, 85,000 saying, no, you're not. And to go out there and to perform the way that we did, and all we need is belief from those 70 guys on the football field. That's all we need. And to go out there and play the way that we did today, it's a testament to that. How important was that first drive? Excuse me. How important was that first drive? Oh, uh, it was really important, especially just drive down like that. It was one of the things when we put the ball in the end, so we went to the, we the sideline we were like, okay, this is, this is who we are. This is our identity. And then to go out there and do it again and then maintain that lead and our uh, defense played well. And to maintain that lead and win this ball game is big time. You guys consistently had answers tonight, didn't you? Yes, sir. And, uh, what, what brings that? I mean, was where, that going from? Just everybody doing their job. Uh, Coach Klein, us having belief in Coach Klein and what he's calling, and then going out there and executing our job.
0: That was a pretty good four minutes, wasn't oh, it? spectacular.
1: I mean, what do you say after listening to that that, that you could possibly – I mean, that was fabulous. And I love the part about the R seventy against their eighty five thousand. I, I I think that's how they approached it. And and just looking at the results, you couldn't be more happy for a group of guys. And he referenced the we called them the haters or the doubters a couple of different times. Whatever mm-hmm. you're you're always going to have a few of those, but I think some of them were surprised. You know that there were as many booing the other day, and, yes. and I think that was motivational for him. Actually, I'm just being honest about that. I, I do believe that to be the case.
0: I'm glad it was. I really because there was plenty of bolt to more material. I mean, sure. nobody was expecting them to go win that game, especially after what happened against Tulane. Your old own fan base saying that your quarterback is the worst in the Big 12, and already writing him off. You know, looks like he hasn't. He's not any better than what he was at Nebraska and. I mean, a lot of trash talk. It really was, and I, I, I think uh, maybe the heart. Let me just say this: uh, I don't want to come
1: across as that that I'm ripping the fan base. That's not exactly what I'm saying here. Um, I I think when you buy tickets, if you don't like what you see, you have the right to boo. I I, I respect that, uh, but I I think those guys. Uh, all I'm saying is. It was a disappointing day a week ago, Saturday, and they had a lot of reminders in the subsequent days about it, and I think it was motivational for them, and, and that motivation helped. And, and from that perspective, I guess maybe you look at it as a good thing. Sometimes when you're, um, when you're questioned on what you're doing, you know, it it, it, is, it can be motivational, and I think it was for this group. I, I, how many times have we heard Chris Kleiman say the leadership council, the captains, all of these, this is a good group, right? Those aren't just words. He means that. And I think he believed in this team. And I think those players believed in Adrian Martinez.
0: And I think that motivated him, too. Simply stated. Well, and let me make this straight: is well about me. Let me make this straight that I'm not innocent when it comes to like not criticizing what <laughs> what had happened. I at at one point and I was basing this off just statistics compared to because we were entering Big Twelve play. Sure. So I started comparing K State to the rest of the Big Twelve, and I say K State has the worst offense in the Big Twelve right now. And I I honestly didn't feel good about saying that, but that's what it was. Statistically, I'll, I'll say right here now: I, I do not think that K State has the worst offense in the Big Twelve. <laughs> after that, so, yeah. Well, I just hope for consistency at this point. Well, like, uh, that's uh, the that's, next step,
1: and we talked about that a little bit last hour too. That's what they're searching for. I think they believe in themselves, and I think they believe in the process. That's the that's the best part. Now, but again, we: how many times have we said in these almost two hours of radio here? that you got to go out and perform and make it happen and be good on first down and be good on third down and make critical stops and get you know make it hard for them to drive all the way down like what what they did with OU Saturday there's so much that goes into it but I think this group feels like they have a really good football team and when they play even just good quality football they're they're a good club When they're playing at optimum level, they're real good. Are they the best team in the league? I don't know. I guess
0: we'll find out. Well, and let me make this last point before we take our next break and we can start talking about Texas Tech. And that is, I think what also added to the fans' depression about K-State football (laughs) after the loss to Tulane is you look over to Lawrence and you see what sure. that offense is doing. Absolutely. You are absolutely jealous that Jalen Daniels is doing whatever he wants. Houston cannot stop them. West Virginia cannot stop them. Yeah. And they just look electric. And you're like, man, you, you feel like Lance Leipold has just passed you in a year and a half with that offense. I, I'll say this. I know you want to get to break,
1: but in my 20-plus years here, I've said this I don't know how many thousands of times. I'm going to say it again here. Part of what makes this place special is how much our fans care. And that's a fact. We may not always like everything they say. Sometimes we make them mad when we get beat. But they're euphoric after Saturday night. And they live and breathe K-State. Not K-State athletics. K-State. And K-State Athletics. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, the, the, when you go to school, how many times have you heard the athletes say this place is special? It is special, and part of part of that is the fan base. So, yeah. Were they frustrated that they booed? Hell, yeah, they were.
0: Let's go out and show them we're better than that. Well yeah, and and, they, and that's what they did. That's it, the that's the best part. And I, I also take some of that frustration as passion. Like we like clearly you, care. N- I mean we everybody
1: everybody questioned them. That's that's the cool part. I mean, you're not the only media guy that said they sucked against Tulane. I'm just being honest about that. How many Who didn't say it?
0: Yeah, I mean you're I right. I mean seriously. Just the thing yeah. I, I, I hate seeing is like individual athletes just getting bashed. Sure. On social media, after uh, one poor performance, like that, makes me sick. On it, I think that's as low as it gets.
1: Uh, Well, but that you know, that's part of it, though. These guys know that, and that. uh, But I'm talking about just after just one game. I know. I I get Uh, it. Uh, So it makes it's what makes winning those types of games so great. Going there and beating those guys and walking out of there knowing you kicked their fanny. Mm-hmm. Is as good a feeling as it gets, man. I'm, I'm just telling you. Oh, and it's a high. And then doing it after what happened the week before
0: takes it from Mach three to Mach one. Yeah, and I wish I, I could, you know, once. Of course, most of us would would never ever have this chance to do like what these student athletes get to do. But just to get, feel that high oh. after beating number six Oklahoma in their house. <laughs> To start Big Twelve play one and zero, like yeah. that—that's a high. Most of us will never, like, as fans. Yes, it's a high for sure. Like you're feeling awesome, but as the player that was a part of that team that got that done, that put in the work that week to did get you to, notice, to watch film and all that.
1: Did you notice how quickly Deuce answered that question about his favorite moment? I—I I didn't know that, but it doesn't surprise me necessarily. Yeah. But I mean, he was just boom right there. Uh, they pay attention. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, and they they care about this stuff. They, I'll just say this: I'm I'm for last week for what it was for them to come out and do that. Who wouldn't
0: be proud? So, what was your favorite Oklahoma win? Now, <laughs> I don't know that I have a favorite.
1: Like Deuce being down twenty-one nothing in that game and winning was was so cool. Um. I don't know that I could nail one like he did. Um I you know, I I've, I've been a part of winning there four times. That that's pretty good. Seriously. Yeah. And, and and I mean when I say a part, I mean a small part, certainly. But that that but it never gets old. That that's the the thing. It is everybody saw this stat, but they they've lost 9 games there since 2012. And four, the Niner to Kansas State.
0: Well, I, That's I, pretty legit. I, I actually saw an extension to that stat because I heard that stat too. I saw yeah. somebody else tweet this out that in the last 21 years, Oklahoma has won 14 Big 12 championships, and they've lost 12 times at home in that span. Mm-hmm. And four of those losses are now to K-State. Yeah,
1: that's, that's remarkable when you think about it. Uh, we, ha- we have great football atmosphere here when people are stoked for the game. And they they have it there, and to to go in there and perform like that was that was special.
0: Well, I suppose we'll uh, we'll we'll take the last break. We'll take the last break right now. When we come back, we'll take a look at the uh, Texas Tech Red Raiders after these words. Wyatt, let's talk about the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Honestly, first thought is the quarterback position, but Tyler Shuck with that collarbone injury it was reported he'd be out six to three or three to six weeks so technically this is the earliest he could potentially come back yeah i've had a lot of people ask about that and i
1: i think it's possible that he could be ready but more than likely not but let's pretend for for 10 seconds that he is available i'm just wondering at the end of the day the way donovan smith is played whether you whether you pull the trigger on that or not i think donovan smith will be the quarterback here on saturday I just do. Yeah, and I do too. Now, he's uh, he's accounted for twelve touchdowns, running and throwing in, in the first four games. He's he's been rock solid. He's different than Shuck because he's six five and two thirty, and and can throw it, but also is the run threat. Um, where where really Tyler's more of a pocket passer. This is a guy that you know s- spent time at Oregon. I mean, it's, it's obviously a pretty good player, but he just hasn't been healthy in the whole time he's been at Tech. Really?
0: Well, I I noticed here in the game notes that uh, r- passing the football, Texas Tech is third in the country right now. That that'd be yards per game. Oh yeah, but running the football, they're one hundred and ninth in the country. On I mean, honestly, if you look at the statistics that K State has so far, that's actually a good matchup for the defense. If if it's gonna be a a passing attack from Texas Tech because yeah. you know statistically against the rest of the conference or compared to the rest of the conference, that K State is uh, has been doing pretty good so far in the passing game or pass def- uh, passing defense. Yeah, I think this
1: is a team that has you know pretty good quality receivers. I don't think their top guys are at the same level of say a, of a, a Marvin Mims necessarily. Right. I, I think there's a, a, a probably a chance that uh, the Bradley kid, who's a redshirt freshman. Could get there someday. I mean, he's six five and two fifteen, uh, second leading receiver right now behind Miles Price. But uh, they they also have a couple of pretty good sized tight ends that are big time targets. One is an A and M transfer, Baylor Cup, and the other is Mason, Mason Tharp, who's six nine and two sixty. But uh, yeah, they they do certainly. Prefer the pass uh, as opposed to the run. There's no doubt about
0: that. And defensively, what I was looking at them statistically, they've been pretty good against the run so far. They're top yeah. 30 in the country. Uh, I, I don't I don't remember where they were compared in the Big 12, but that's still pretty pretty good.
1: Well, and they, they're an interesting group from the standpoint of their very veteran. I mean, you you look at some of their people up front. Probably the the best guy up front in terms of pro possibilities are, is Tyree Wilson yep that's what I thought Yeah, um, but I mean it seems like Krishan Merriweather has been their middle linebacker as long as I've been at K-State you
0: <laughs> well, know was it's not that quite had, that long he was the one that forced the, the fumble on Bijan Robinson that's, that is
1: correct and, and uh, also had the hit on Skyler that knocked him out a couple of years ago do you remember that I, I don't think I think that was um, is that not true
0: no uh, I'm blanking on the name
1: I thought it was Krishan, but I, I may be wrong. But he the point is he's a really good player, and he's hes 235 pounds, and he's a big hitter. But but they also have veterans in their secondary with Williams and Dunlap and Pearson and uh, Taylor Demerson. Those those guys have been there a long time, man. They just have.
0: I don't know why I'm blanking on the name right now. It'll come to me. Well, it's okay. Oh, Rico Jeffers. Oh, that might have been
1: it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Rico Jeffers. So there's, speaking of guys that was there forever – Uh, there's another one so but and i know we've got covid and you know guys are have played six years
0: now (laughs) well as you say i think Rashawn merriweather is now fifth year senior he is yeah yeah. so yeah uh big 12 games this weekend um well we do have a top 20 matchup number nine oklahoma state and number 16 (laughs) baylor maybe now it'll get the uh the buzz going on oklahoma state they'll finally play somebody well, OSU, remember, was off last weekend, mm-hmm. uh, so they certainly should be ready
1: to play. Baylor returns home after a big win at Iowa State. Remember, Iowa State had won 11 straight at home uh, conference games, so that, that's a pretty good streak, right?
0: I, I'm anxious to see that ball game for sure. I, I think that could be a real high level game. Baylor, right now, a two and a half point favorite at home. I uh, mentioned this one earlier Iowa State and Kansas uh in uh in Lawrence 230 yeah. on ESPN2 with the Cyclones a three and a half point favorite and I'd imagine that's going to draw a huge crowd as well oh yeah at the booth
1: yeah I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't sell out for a second straight Saturday which would be front page news again right <laughs> it just would I it, it'll be an interesting game I you know Iowa State I think is a good rock solid team well coached lots of veteran guys Kansas kind of uh making their way with, with Daniels I think it it's his game, right? And let's
0: see how he performs against a very veteran-quality defense. Yeah, it's going to be the That'll best be defense. Yeah. yeah, best defense KU has, uh, has seen so far, even though they gave up some points to Baylor yeah. in a loss. Um, yeah, it, it will not be easy uh, for KU, I don't think. Not as easy as what they've seen so far this year. Uh, jump back up to 11 a.m. Now we we actually t- we're talking about this off air like how great it would be to see OU start 0 and 2 in conference play. I mean they're taking on a TCU team on the road that's 3 and 0 right now, and and they're playing well. Uh, we mentioned Duggan
1: earlier, but but they've got you know some other guys and some quality receivers too. Quentin Johnson's a good player, Tay Barber. They've got some guys that have been around, but
0: th- this this could be uh, I think this could be a pretty high scoring game down at
1: down at Fort Worth.
0: And then the last one is six thirty on FS1. I sub, uh, we hope that West Virginia will give Texas a game in Austin. It'll be a t- it's a tough draw for West Virginia. Like if I'm picking right now, I'm, I'm taking Texas. Yeah. But uh, depends on how well J T Daniels is able to sling it. I'm sure. Yeah. And and if he
1: plays well, WVU will have a chance. At least a chance, I think. But but you certainly have to favor Texas in this one.
0: Well, another uh, Wildcat Insider in the books. Wyatt, it was fun. Really appreciate your time. and Absolutely. My pleasure. About those cats getting it done against Oklahoma. That was so much fun. Just watching it back was a whole lot of fun this afternoon as they beat Oklahoma 41-34. But we have K-State, Texas Tech, 11 a.m. on Saturday. Powercat game day is 7 in the morning. D.Y. Cole and I are getting up early for that one. Don't go anywhere because Chiefs Kingdom is starting here in just a few seconds. For Travion Brooklyn, Wyatt Thompson, I'm Mitch Fortner. The game tomorrow at 4.
1: Getting you closer to the locker room than anyone else. This is Wildcat Insider. Wildcat Insider, an exclusive presentation of the
0: flagship station of the K State Sports Network. News Radio 1350, KMAN.